With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hi, this is the bad boy, Joey Janelle, and you're listening to the Going In Raw podcast. Because Joey Janelle always goes in raw. This is the American Nightmare, Cody Rhodes, and you are listening to Going In Raw. Hey everyone, Kenny Omega here. In case you didn't know, we have an awesome kick butt show called Stephen Larson's Going In Raw, and they're going to be supporting AEW every week amongst many other things. Goodbye and smooch. Good night. Bye-bye. Hey, friendo, Steve here. And Larson. And welcome back to Going In Raw, the only pro wrestling podcast you'll be listening to right here at youtube.com forward slash Stephen Larson and available wherever podcasts can be found. I'm like kind of jealous of you right now because you have coffee. Should be. And I'm like trying to, I'm trying to like get myself a little bit off that. It's cup number three of the day for me. <laughs> oh, it's just man. one of those coffee days, Oh, man. no. Anyway, uh, yeah, we're available right here at youtube.com forward slash Stephen Larson and also wherever podcasts can be found. We got a couple new patrons in. I wanted to give them a shout out. Heck yeah. Got all sorts of bonus episodes. Uh, we do, we do. Over there on the Patreon uh, earlier this week, we did one about Bash of the B- AEW putting on uh-huh. Bash of the Beach. That's right. And we tried to figure out what trademark we could nab there seems from the available. WWE. But then now Cody's like, I'm going to court, so maybe it's not worth the time to go after something like that. Right. Dude, we're not really in a, any position to uh, 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 start needling well, to, the to, WWE. To spend the money on lawyers and such to, to fight court cases for right. um, uh, trademarks that we won't uh, monetize. What's to the, the full legal success? term for I'm going to I'm not I'm going to use I'm, uh, add something or another. I'm not going to use lawyer. I'm going to do it myself. There is a name. Yeah, it's probably something in Latin. Having been through some uh, some custody issues, uh, helping my uh, lovely wife. Some whatever Latin is for. God, what it's called? Self representation. I think cool, cool thing is all those kids are old now, so I don't deal with that stuff anymore. It's Good. awesome. I know. Uh, new patrons: Callum McInnes and Tommy Williamson. Just yesterday, uh, thanks for your support. Just yesterday, uh, we put up a, a, some uh, WWE 2K20 My Career. Yeah. Garbage. Oh gosh. Oh boy, watch us suffer through that. That's fun. Anyways, uh, so today we're going to talk about. Oh, Joshua Martinez says, I like that MJF was just ruining uh, Billy Gunn's fun. Boy, Billy Gunn is a big dude. He is. It's he, funny. He is, he is a, direct, a direct correlation if you want to see how the wrestling landscape has changed. Look at Billy Gunn, and then look, he's the powerhouse guy. He's basically Braun Strowman I know. to the rest of AEW. But you, you don't realize this until you see him in person. Dude oh is like 6'5". He looks like a statue. And he's all muscle. Yeah. He's probably 6'4", 6'5", 270 pounds of just muscle. And if you he think is huge. back in the day, he just came off as another dude. Because that's kind of how they made them back in the day. You know, These days, they go for a, a little bit more diverse. They go character-based, yeah. regardless of how big or small you are. And that yeah, played yeah. In the, into the main event. Last night, totally, totally, really, really fun. A fun, fun episode of uh, AEW. Yeah, man. Every week they give us fun wrestling programming. Yeah, it was good stuff. Uh, I enjoyed book it. Ended by two really good matches that 
Phoenix Nick Jackson match. Wow. That's pretty fun. Off the charts. That's pretty good stuff. Finish of that Derby Allen Mox match. I didn't see that coming until they're on the top rope. Like, oh, they're not going to do that, are they? You know, man. And then they did it. I know. I had that one. I think you spoiled that one for well, me. Well, I just said the the finish is crazy. That's all I said. You told me that it was a. It was either you or Mikey Omega. He was hitting me up last night too because he was very. He's very into AEW. Uh, he mentioned the paradigm shift, and I was like, "Oh well, he's going to do a cool paradigm shift." Yeah, I didn't mention somewhere. that. The problem is, it was built up so much for me that when he got up there, I was like. Is he gonna do this to the floor? Oh, he's <laughs> on the floor. He, yeah, and then and then he did it to the to the ring, and I was like, oh, that was still cool, but it wasn't the floor, <laughs> which would have literally like killed everybody. Yeah, it probably would have killed both of them. Yeah, exactly. I and mean, that's a rough bump for Mox to take. Yeah, not to mention the bump that I know, Darby has I to know. Take right his head. But Darby taking that bump on the top of his head. From the top rope is insane. But they're both super crazy. That's I like agree. second rope pile driver status, man. Rick, I know. Rick Gray here. Ricky Gray here in chat said they really need a mid-card title, in my opinion. I agree, man. I think that they should Maybe get to that. that ring is going to be. They should They should get to that. <laughs> yeah, they'll just have a ring on like a on like a dog collar chain. Or not dog collar. Uh, dog tag chain. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. Uh, no, it was, it was a fun episode. I thought it was fun. Uh, let me take a look at the notes here. Anything else that stood out? Yeah, the uh, women's match was a lot of fun. Yeah, that was fun. Uh, the 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 battle royal was fun, even though I, until I know what the point of this whole ring is, it's I really don't care. It's to get a diamond ring, man. Are you really underselling the importance of having a diamond ring? Only successful people have diamond rings. That's not true. Every every person I've ever seen with a diamond ring, very successful. Name one person. Have you ever been walking but walking out on the streets and, and like you know some dude with like a shopping cart says, well, normally, "Hey buddy, I don't, I don't, can I get some I money?" I don't, I don't, and they have like a diamond. I ring. I don't usually strike up conversations with people I don't know, regardless of their stock in life. Right, but if you're walking down the street, listen to my example, please. If you're walking down the street and a guy, you know, I don't want to say like a bum. But like a bum comes up to you yeah. and says, hey, buddy, can I have some money? And you look and he's got like a diamond ring. Well, maybe this. But that doesn't happen. Well, it could because what if there's something that he, he, he got from his father, he inherited, fell on hard times and is, can't, isn't willing to part with it. To, 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 to make some money because nah, it means so much to him. The guy I'm talking about, he, he'll pawn anything. He'll do anything for money. This is quite an example you're putting forth in front of me, nonetheless. Very specific bum I'm talking about. Yeah, one that probably doesn't exist. No. <laughs> Anyways, it's a diamond ring, man. It's probably, it's honestly, it's worth ha- more than half of these freaking indie titles that I've seen out in the circuit on, in my travels. Yeah. <laughs> in your vast travels across this nation of ours. Got that right, buddy boy. Uh, that was some fun stuff. So I'm always, I look, I don't care what they're, they can be fighting for a donut. I don't care. Oh, Battle uh, Royals are fun. DJ Guttercat brings up the ref botch. I don't know if it was a ref botch or a Santana botch. That was a Santana botch. You were supposed to pull that, that ref, ref out. Because if you, if you look, I, I looked at it a couple times. Matthew posted it on, uh, on yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I could watch it over and over again. Um, the ref like stuck his foot way out. I know, I know. And afterwards, he did this. Yeah, as if to say, you were supposed to pull me out. Yeah. So no, that was a Santana botch. I mean, that'll happen. It looks kind of silly, but whatever. It just it botches happen. Uh, let's see here. And then that main event. Yeah, it was fun. It was yeah, fun, man. The, the, I was I was shocked that Private Party picked up that win against. I know. Uh, uh, LAX, LAX. I, yeah, I thought uh, they were going to save LAX's first loss for a big deal. But I kind of like this. They got it out of the way. It's unpredictable. Private yeah. Party. I noticed that their record, and it's funny because like I really love the records. I like when they're coming out there. It just gives you a reminder. It's like, man, this guy really needs a win. Private Party. They're at like three and four, I think, 
in uh, tag uh, tag yeah, situations. Yeah, overall they were like four and six or something for like trios. Okay, that could be. Of, yeah, yeah. If yeah. you add that in there, um, and I was like, man, they really need to pick up a win here. Yeah, Take a were, look at, and they were they're just outside the top five in the rankings. Mm-hmm, yeah, because I was looking at Peter Avalon. I was like, has this dude won a match? So I went on their website and I was looking. I was like, no, he hasn't. But uh, he's not the worst off. Uh, those Luchador, those Luchasaurus guys, the Jurassic Express. Oh, they won anything. They have literally not won a match. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Now Luchasaurus is back. I think that's going to change. Well, Luchasaurus now picked up a win. I'm pretty sure that might have been his first one because that was know, his first match. I know uh, Marco and oh, that's right. Yeah, his first singles match. Marco least, and uh, and uh, Jungle Jack Perry. Yeah. Um, they they literally are just donuts, man. They I haven't know. won anything. They need to get. They need to get on that. I mean. Marco, I'm not sure about him, but Jungle Jack, boy, people love him. Oh, he's great. He is, and he's over. Like, the people yeah. are really into him. And I, I see why. Like, he's got that thing, man. He's, he's got still it. super young. He, he, there's a lot of development yet in front of him. Uh, and then, of course, the Chris Jericho Scorpio Sky that stuff. That was a lot of fun. Next week, Scorpio Sky, man, that dude. That was, that was pretty funny how they played Jericho there. I loved it. I, I loved every second of it. Jericho looks like he's having a ton of fun. Did you see that fool Jake Hager trying not, not to laugh? First time he said sorry. Oh, my yeah. God. That was like, I love when they're just out there clowning around. Exactly. You know, it's a lot of fun. Um, and then I forget who mentioned this on Twitter. Maybe it was Sean Ross App. I'm not sure. But somebody made the observation when they saw SCU in there with Jericho. They're like, man, didn't realize this, but I really want to see Chris Daniels versus Jericho. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, yeah, man, because we would have seen that a lot. If Vince just hadn't been weirded out by Chris Daniels being shorter than normal, than well, what no. he's used to. Yeah, shorter than Vince's normal. I think, the normal I think of Christopher WWE. Daniels is probably the definition of average height. He's right. probably 5'11". Yeah, probably. But for being the higher power, so he was supposed to be the higher power back in the day. And Vince called it off at the last minute, I guess, because he was he too thought, short. He thought Christopher Daniels was too short. Well, and he's six like, feet tall. Yeah, exactly. That's what his build height is. He's, what he's, he's, not, he's not eight feet. So... Uh, so yeah, he's I not as tall as me. Actually, yeah. he might be as tall as me. I want to see that though. Two vets. I mean, I know Scorpio Sky's been around forever, but seemingly yeah. the man doesn't age. Um, it looks like Christopher Daniels will be busy uh, in a program with uh, Penta Pentagon Junior. That was silly. That was so silly. That was silly. That like he had on that mask, and uh, Phoenix wasn't supposed to know. Yeah, no. <laughs> I'm or sorry. Pentagon Penta wasn't supposed, supposed to know. know it wasn't know. Phoenix. That was funny. But no, it was a fun episode. We'll uh, break it down here first. It uh, kicked off with Nick Jackson versus Phoenix. Nick Jackson, look, it looks so weird. Him in a singles match. I know, but this match was awesome. It was fun. This was it like was, a PWG match. Yeah, it was a lot of rope stuff. I, I'm always I know. a big fan of the rope stuff. And like the notes I wrote for it are minimal because there's so much stuff going on at such a quick pace. It was hard to keep up. Yeah. Like I looked away a couple moments to write stuff down. And I missed stuff. Yeah, crazy and stuff. And I don't like that. I like watching it all. Although, sometimes it's fun just to sit and watch a match behold the greatness of the two competitors competing. I think I do have a new favorite suicide dive guy, and it's Darby Allen. Oh, yeah. I think he launches himself even harder than Phoenix does. Darby's whole thing is reckless abandon. It is. It's great. Yeah. And hopefully it doesn't catch up with them someday. I thought he was going to do a coffin drop in the body bag. <laughs> I thought that too. <laughs> I did. Anyways, Nick Jackson versus Phoenix. Yeah, this was, there was a lot of fun stuff going on here. They're just like half the match they spent like just walking the ropes and oh, jumping man. on the ropes and stuff like that. So man, there's it a bunch of kicks. It was great. Uh, there's a hell of a springboard Rana from Nick. Um that gets him a two count kind of early on. Bunch of kicks. Nick hits a super kick. Uh, and then Phoenix kips up, responds to a super kick of his own. They're both down for a spell. Um, this part pot was great. Phoenix usually is, is insane as that is. He'll walk on the top rope. Yeah. He started walking on the second rope. Yeah. 
and then hit a Rana on Nick to send him out of the ring to the floor. Uh, we're back in the ring. We get a bunch of kicks from Nick. Uh, Phoenix responds with a rolling cutter, gets a two count, and they're brawling on the apron. Nick hits a stalling German suplex, hits a springboard X-Factor, goes back out to the apron, and then hits a springboard destroyer uh-huh. to get a two. That was rad, yeah. And immediately steps through when Phoenix kicks out into a sharpshooter. Phoenix gets the ropes. In the end, though, Phoenix picks up the win with, with a muscle, muscle buster. buster. Is that I'm is is that like a normal thing for Phoenix? I thought he did that in Lucha Underground. Yeah, okay. Yeah, boy, that was cool. It was great to see a muscle buster. It's such a cool move. It hurts people, man. It hurt one person. It hurts as far people. as I'm aware. It, it hurts hurt one people. person. It hurts people. Really bad, I understand that, but it's hard to know it hurt really one bad. person. Uh, anyways, so, yeah, and afterwards, afterwards, Nick says, he offers his hand. He says, hey, let's, like, let's squash this beef. Did you like this video? Hit subscribe. And uh, Phoenix says, no bueno. Yeah. Walks out. And Nick should have turned to merch, merch Freak at that point and teleported to the, ramp, to the stage. <laughs> you see, merch Freak. You want to see a trick? <laughs> And then when Phoenix go up the ramp, there's Nick yeah, on the stage. On top of it, yeah. On, no, on top of the Tron. There you go, yeah. I noticed they had to change their, uh, their stage setup last night because the venue seems smaller than the previous mm. one they've been in because mm-hmm. they have the dual Trons. Yeah. And they had to put the larger one right in the middle. Yeah. Which is cool. It still looked cool. Yeah, no, it looked, it looked fine. fine. It was fine. Um, right after that, we had uh, Britt Baker. She's DMD, right? Uh, she is, in fact, a dentist. Well, I don't know if she's a, she's not she's DMD. DMD, yeah. yeah. Uh, versus uh, Hikaru Shida. This was a really fun match, too. Yeah, this was really cool. Um, I like there was that bit. Uh, I thought it was closer to the finish, but I guess not. Um, Britt was able to, like, she she was getting pinned, and then she reversed it, like, right into oh, the lockjaw attempt. The lockjaw yeah, attempt. that was great. But then she was able to fight that yeah, off. Yeah, she got to the ropes. Mm-hmm. Um, I was kind of surprised they had Shida pick up the win here. Um, yeah, I guess my supposition is at some point they're going to put that title on Brit, but I guess they're really taking their time with it, which is pr- which in the end is probably going to be the right move. I feel like I think that, I mean there's any number that's sort of you know we we've, we've said for a while that yeah they're gonna they're gonna try to build around her. I think that's just I think maybe more important is getting to know people, exactly. and I feel like between this match. And the one against uh, what's her name? The one who is no, not Jamie. No, No, I'm sorry, Sheeta's match against uh, the debuting John, Jonna, Shanna, Shanna, Shanna. Thank you. Yeah, Yeah. yeah, she's really good. Tripping. Um, she fought Sheeta in their in her first match. That was a terrific match. Really good. I feel like okay, now I kind of now I know you know when you say the word you know the name Hikaru Shida, oh I know who that is now yeah, yeah, you know yeah. and I kind of feel like with the women's division especially like with the Joshi wrestlers that's kind of important to oh, get to it know them a bit it definitely is because if Britt Baker would have gone over here I'd just been like okay well another win for her yeah but this is yeah this I guess is in kind that sense of, Britt's probably one of the more established names mm-hmm. uh, in the division so that makes sense I suppose. yeah yeah it was just she was so front and center during the uh, early promotional rush for yeah, the promotion sure. yeah. You know, you just assume, oh, maybe they're gonna build a division around here. It doesn't seem to be the case yet. Yeah, that always seems so. I'm, I'm, I'm a much bigger fan of doing it this way. It oh, keeps totally. things unpredictable. Totally, totally. Yeah. Uh, early on, Britt goes for a lockjaw, and Sheeta fights it off. Uh, and Britt gets her nose busted open during the commercial break. Come back from commercial, Sheeta has the upper hand. Uh, she sends Britt into the barricade. She gets a chair. She does a running knee off it. And that's a cool move. Mm-hmm. Um. Later on, Britt hits Sling Blade, Pump Handle, Face Buster. That gets her a two count. Uh, Sheeta hits another running knee, this time in the ring. They're trading blows. And then Sheeta drops Britt with a judo throw and like an awesome-looking backbreaker. That gets her a two. 
She hits a shining wizard. She goes for the pin. That's when Britt rolled through. Goes for the lockjaw. Sheeta gets for the ropes. Britt hits the swinging neck breaker. Gets a two count. Uh, she tries for a super kick. Sheeta catches it. Pokes Britt in the eyes. Roll up. That gets her a two count. And then Sheeta hits the falcon arrow. That gets her a near fall. Falls with another shining wizard. That gets her the win. Yeah. Uh, after that, we had... This an, was dope. An infomercial. I like this because... I don't know if this was always the plan, but I hope it was because this one infomercial for the Dark Order put their cheesiness into so much more perspective. They're not really supernatural characters. It's a cult type thing. It's a cult type thing. And cults are kind of cheesy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so like, well, on the surface level, yeah. Underneath yeah. that, there's not so much. <laughs> Well, I mean, so like in the world of fiction, they're kind of cheap. Yeah. Like in reality, you know, you get the, the Jonestown thing. And that's kind of. Yeah, that's horrifying. That was horrifying. Boy, that was nasty. I watched a documentary on that one. Holy crap. Yeah. That was scary it stuff. It is scary. People trying to run away and get shot. Yeah, I know. I read a book about that. Eesh. Man. Anyways. Uh, so, yeah, there was an infomercial. It was like, you know, it, it, it had kind of. What I feel like, although I don't think Scientology does infomercials, it felt kind of like what a Scientology infomercial would be. Well, don't they, at their recruitment center in Hollywood, on Hollywood Boulevard, they have some video playing there. Yeah, and it looks, and that looks kind of stuff like looks this, a yeah. lot like this, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, it was like, a, it started out with this, like a portly, nerdly, nerdy fellow walking in the subway, and... Uh, he gets bullied by a couple guys, they step yeah. on his glasses. Yeah, he goes onto the subway train, and he looks up, and there's like an infomercial there for... Isn't there like a TV? Is yeah, a TV that's playing like on a screen in the subway, and uh, and it's for the Dark Order. Yeah. So he's and like, there's oh. this guy who's obviously standing on a green screen because mm-hmm. uh, there's a background behind like a desert background type. Yeah. Thing. And it, it, he talks about you know, is your life full of emptiness, uh, loneliness, etc. Uh, look into the Dark Order, and there's shots of people who are ha- who are social and happy mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and and living the best life they can. And this guy is crediting it all. To joining them, yeah, join the dark order. Apparently, there was a one eight hundred number. Yeah, to call. I did not call. It. Nor did I. Yeah, and there was a, a hashtag mm-hmm. to use. So we'll see where this goes. I mean, it seems like finally, after realizing that the, the what they did with the dark order was a, a huge creative blunder. Yeah, uh, they're coming around and actually doing something interesting. They got their entrance right with the with the lights. And they they're doing this kind of stuff, which well, is great. Yeah. Production wise, is great. It's interesting and. Uh, and we saw it get set up when they tried to offer a spot. They're trying to recruit mm-hmm. into their cult. Mm-hmm. So it was good. I didn't recognize the guy. I wonder if the guy that was like sort of the host of the infomercial, mm-hmm. I wonder if he's going to be introduced on camera. Oh, maybe. Like in ring, if he's a wrestler. I don't know. Yeah, don't know. The guy, or if he's just an actor, rando yeah, actor. Who knows? who knows? I don't know. Who knows? But uh, anyways, after that, we had the Dynamite Dozen Battle Royal. Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait to see this ring. I think it's going to be great. What is 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 it just a ring though? When you say just a ring, that's so offensive. Like that's like saying, "Oh, Chris Jericho is just a title. It's just a championship no, belt." No, there's the, the t- champion. Having a title means you're the best at something. That's the whole point of carrying the title. This I don't know what the meaning of this ring is. When I see somebody wearing like a Hall of Fame ring, yes, that's a, that's a tri- I'm the best at something. That means they're the best. No, at something. that means it's, it's this culmination of their career's work, and they're enshrined in the Hall yes, of Fame. They're because, one of the because, because they're of one of greatness. the best. Yes, greatness, best, whatever. They're one of the best at what they did. You win a match, and you get a, you get a diamond ring. That's not the same as a Hall of Fame ring. That's a culmination. Well, yeah, of win two career. matches. No, because like, no one really won this. Isn't it's just, it? It's just the last two, and then they they stopped it. 
Yeah, that was kind of I my thought, one I, beef with I it. I thought they were going to have this battle royal, and then the last two were going to have the one-on-one match right then and there. Right. That's what I thought. But they just stopped. It just sort of farted. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, cool. That, like The refs are in there. They want to break go up. They get a clean start to this match. This is yeah. great. It's, it's Paige and MJF. They have history going back to the Casino Royale battle royal. Yeah. Where, where, where MJF did a similar thing or tried to to Paige, and Paige eliminated him. This is great. This is good storytelling. I have to wait a week. Yeah, man. It's called suspense and tension. It's anticipation. I understand that. But I just feel like this they, ring is going to be amazing. It better be. Yeah. It's going to be like huge. It better be like a Super Bowl. How ring. many diamonds do you think is going to be in it? Should be a dozen. It should, should be, well, it should be uh, uh, 144. Or one giant rock. 144 diamonds. That's 12 12s. How many carrots? <laughs> 12 12s. There should you go. Should be 144 carrots. Yeah. 144 diamonds. Is that how many carrots are in it? I don't know anything about a carrots. A one carrot diamond's pretty large. Yeah, dude. So you're going to have like a mountain of ring on someone's finger. Yeah. And then they have to wear it like to the ring and, and during, during matches. matches. Yeah. It's basically a weapon they have on their hand. I love it, man. I think it's great. Anyways. I just uh, feel like there's going to be a greater purpose behind it they're not announcing yet. No. It doesn't need to be. The diamond ring is the thing, man. You come out there and they're like, oh, what has he done? <laughs> Bling. Yeah. I'm, I'm the, it's, like, it's, it's like, I feel like it's like the greatest Royal Rumble title. It's kind of comparable to that. You won a match, you get a prize, and then that's, it doesn't really mean Honestly, anything. Honestly, if, if that wasn't tainted by blood money, that'd be rad. It's the greatest Royal Rumble ever. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs done well. I absolutely love this because you know if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well... Whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now, all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. But anything yeah, differently, it, it doesn't mean anything. I was kind of surprised by the level of talent in this match. It was kind of all over the place. Sonny Kiss, who we've like never seen on TV. I think he's had he tag teamed with uh, did he tag team with Dustin on Dark Ones? Uh, <laughs> may perhaps. I think he did. That, but on Dark, yeah, that ain't on TV, man. No, I know it's, it's, it was his TV debut. Um, um here's who. But was then, in, like uh, up the top of the rung we got hangman pages in this match you get page you get mjf you get billy gunn you get pentagon jr all uh potential main eventers um well you just said did you say billy gunn well he's potential a, main eventer 
Former main eventer, maybe. Uh, Hangman Page. Well, main, main eventers here. So, number one, we knew who was going to win this. It was going to be Hangman Page and MJF. Yeah, Page, MJF, and Pentagon June. Those guys could all easily be in the main event. I was really disappointed. At although this point in their careers. the end of this, they worked it pretty well because that crowd really wanted Jungle Boy. They didn't want Hangman. They wanted Jungle Boy. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then they, yeah, they did it well. All sorts of more heat on not on Page, on MJF for, yeah. for getting them out. Yeah. But, yeah, so main eventers, it was Page. MJ, I mean, potential main eventers. Yeah. Page, MJF. And Pentagon Jr. And Pentagon Jr. But then you had Chuck Taylor in there. Everybody loves Chuck. Orange Same Cassidy. With Orange Cassidy. There. Everybody loves Orange Cassidy. Everybody loves Jimmy Havoc. Everybody loves Jungle Boy and Marco Stunt. Uh, Joey Janelle, everybody loves him. Oh, and then Kip Sabian. Yeah. He's like, whatever. But they're really, they're, they're going all in with the thing with him and Penelope Ford. Mm-hmm. And Sonny Kiss, uh, he didn't get that much time in the ring, but he had a really fun moment with Billy Gunn mm-hmm. that was interrupted by MJF to get more heat on him. So Kyle Meshigan and Snake Sosa said uh, 7.6 carats. They said it on the show. Oh, okay. I didn't hear that. That's a lot of carats. <clears throat> Sometimes I don't pay attention. Is that good? Is that good for Yeah, carrots? seven carats is a lot. That's I'm a guessing lot. it's not one rock. Yeah. It's probably multiple rocks, but still, <laughs> that's a lot of diamonds. Not cheap. Uh, so do you think? Hey, do you what? think it's going to be? Uh, 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 what do they call it? Cubic zirconia. Well, yeah, or uh, rhinestones. What do they call it when you just like, oh man, like super fake jewelry you like wear on the stage? There's like a name for it. Oh yeah, forget what it is. But uh, you think it's going to be real? Or you think it's going to be work? <laughs> is it going to be a shoot diamond? I don't, I don't think it matters. They they tell us it's diamonds for in terms of storyline purposes. We I believe it's diamonds, so it's kind of irrelevant whether it's actually diamonds or not. Oh man, I want to know. Anyways, uh, so you're going to take it to a jeweler and have them look under the loop and see if it's actual real diamonds I was or not. Buy it, bite it. Uh, it doesn't so, work with diamonds, man. <laughs> while people are milling about in the ring, uh, a very obvious Christopher Daniels. Uh, half-heartedly dressed up like Phoenix. Well, I mean, he just dressed up. He was like wearing the, the AEW sweatshirt like this kind of. Like, you know, always wears. Didn't he walk down with Phoenix? No, Phoenix was walking down, and then he sped-walked past Pentagon, him. Pentagon Jr. walked down the ring, and then like he's almost to the ring, and yeah, he walked down, got on the apron, and it's like, hey, you got this, good job. Yeah. And Pentagon's like, cool, and he takes the mask off, but it's like, uh. Like, I would know. Here's the thing. If it's Hilton under that mask, as opposed to me, well, you have a beard, so that's a little bit different. But, like, I don't know. God, who do I know that doesn't have a beard? Um, I really have no friends, apparently. <laughs> I know nobody. Uh, Brent, the guy that we played basketball with yes. that one time. Yes. I would know the difference. Yeah. I would totally know the difference. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or Niner. Yeah. <laughs> if it was Niner and not Hilton, I'd be like, hey. I'd look, I'd be like, the hell? I don't know to tell you, man. Maybe uh, Pentagon Jr. was so, the adrenaline was rushing so much, he was ready to fight. He was too busy doing this stuff. Yeah, I kind of feel like that's overtaken, like like Pentagon. This is everything to him. I know. It it didn't used to be that way. Um, So he's distracting uh, Pentagon, Daniels is, and then Chuck, he eliminates Pentagon Jr. like right as the bell rings. Yeah. That was cool. Um, And then uh, there's some back and forth, and then Sonny Kiss, he starts twerking. Uh, towards Billy Gunn. He seems endlessly amused by it. Well, Billy Gunn is. Yeah. He's no, the, I'm talking about Billy Gunn. Yeah, yeah, I'm saying, but, you know, given yeah. his, his previous gimmick in WB. Is he's the ass man. He's the ass man. And so he was like, oh, you're the new ass man. I'm OG ass man. Let's do an ass off thing. Yeah, so he's about to start twerking. And then MJF comes in, spoils the party, and eliminates Sonny Kiss. Yeah. That's a nasty bump Sonny Kiss took, yeah, too. I know, yeah. Got tossed completely he went over the top flying out of there. 
Um, and Billy then, Gunn was not happy about that. No, they did the moment where everybody tries to attack Billy Gunn. And, and Again, jump. he's the Braun Strowman now. But he is actually a really big dude compared to everybody in yeah, AEW. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, yeah. he is. Um, and he does the thing where everybody attacks him. He just th- flings them all off. There are people on Twitter saying, oh, he way to bury the whole roster. <laughs> Billy Gunn's actually pretty huge. Um, it, there was, I mean, it kind of. Ah, eh, come on. Dude, come on. It kind of did. No. <laughs> Anyways, uh, and then he, he eliminates uh, Jimmy Havoc and Marco Stunt back-to-back. And then Jimmy Havoc goes off, gets the staple gun, gets back in the ring and starts stapling everybody. That was pretty cool. That was funny. Uh, we go to commercial. We come back. Uh, Joey Janela was eliminated during the commercial break by the chairman. The chairman. Sean Spears. With chair. Who hits him off the top uh, rope. Uh, we get a bit of a showdown between Orange Cassidy and Billy Gunn. Um, and uh, right as uh, Cassidy is doing some shin kicks. Uh, MJF eliminates him. And again, Billy Gunn, who seems to just want to enjoy the fun of things, uh, he's upset about that. Yeah. Uh, so he's taunting Orange Cassidy. Uh, Billy Gunn's behind him. MJF turns around. There's that great moment where MJF realizes, all right. I'm screwed. I'm about to get got here. Yeah. He turns around. He eats a famouser. Uh, Billy Gunn tries to toss him over the top rope. Uh, MJF holds on. Avoids elimination. Uh, Wardlow comes down ringside. He starts talking trash to to Billy Gunn, mm-hmm. and then uh, Page eliminates Billy Gunn. Yeah, that'll be a good. I would think maybe that'd be a good debut match for Wardlow, mm-hmm. Billy Gunn, mm-hmm. and him because that's an easy win for Wardlow. Yeah. But another big dude. Yeah, and I don't know what Wardlow's experience is, but it, you know Billy Gunn, he's Veteran. a vet. Yeah, sure, can help him through it if if he's a little green. I don't know. He yeah. might not be. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, after that, uh, Kip Sabian with the help of Penelope Ford eliminates Chuck Taylor. Um, and then uh, Jungle Boy eliminates Kip with an awesome Rana. Yeah. He somehow hits that and doesn't eliminate himself. Um, and then uh, MJF, who kind of s- slipped out of the ring without being eliminated, pulls Jungle Boy off the apron. Well, it was great because Jungle Boy and uh, and Hangman, they had like a little, you know, th- there was a little bit of tension there. It's like, oh, this is it. This is the last two. We're yeah, going to throw yeah. down. And then stupid MJF comes in, eliminates uh, uh, Jack Perry. And then, uh, yeah, and then you got Paige and MJF. And they the just, final two. They just and I was like, okay, cool, we're going to do the match. And then they were like, John and each other trying to fight, and the refs yeah. come in to break it up. It's like, why are they breaking it up? Ring the bell. Yeah. This match is happening now, right? Nope. Next week. Bummer. Next week, we've got the finals of the Dynamite Dozen. I will say, though, the next week's AEW is pretty stacked. It should be a scramble for the Diamond Ring. Mm. They just have the ref, like, both men to the corners. The ref goes like this, drops it. They go. Mm-hmm. That's what it should be. It should be. It should be. Or it. like a... Like throw it up in the air. Yeah. Have a ladder match Jump for it. Jump ball. Have a ladder match for it. That's too, that's too good. That's the first one. You can't, you, you can't just pull it off the thing that's spinning under the ring. You got to put it on your finger. You got to go like this. Exactly. <laughs> anyway, but next week's episode is pretty, pretty damn stacked. You get uh, Omega versus Pac. Pac. Um, they had a cool little promo with Kenny later on the show. Mm-hmm. You get Jericho versus Scorpio Sky for the title. That's yeah. awesome. You get someone wins as a ring. <laughs> That's yeah. Page that's, or MJF. That, if that's not the main event, I'm I'm done with AEW. No, I mean Jericho versus Scorpio Sky is gonna be the main event. So for the title, that should be for the main event. Yeah, it should, should be the main that event. Should open. That Get should out open. of here. The the ring that should open. Uh, speaking, of Chris Jericho, we see he and uh, uh, Jake Hager wandering around backstage, just like finding little bits of business to do. They come across the librarians, uh, uh, Peter Avalon and Leva Bates. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jericho's looking through the books and then puts uh, like Jake had a hard hat. 
Yeah. And he puts that in Avalon, and then Jericho slams a book on Avalon's head. Yeah. They keep going. Rude. Uh, they're wandering backstage. Jericho gets, like, some broken hockey sticks and starts, like, hitting the wall with it. Uh, they go to some place where Brandon Cutler shoots some stuff. Marco stunts there. I'm sure they talk trash. This is all MOS. There's no mm. sound. Um, and they make it to the ring. It's time for a Jericho promo. Um, he's out there, and he's like, hey, I realize my actions last week, the tantrum I had, uh, were in actions befitting a champion, so I'm here to apologize. I'm – he can't get it out. Can't say the word sorry. So he goes to – passes the mic to Hager, and he's yeah. the one that says sorry. So every time sorry. in the course of his promo, Jericho has to say sorry. He puts the mic in front of Hager's face, and he has and to Hager's say it. It was pretty funny. To laugh. I know, the whole time That's he was great. trying to laugh. Uh, and then uh, Jericho says, next week's be a huge celebration. Uh, he's finally going to get the thank you he deserves mm-hmm. from the AEW execs, executives at Time Warner for putting this company on the map, putting the company on his shoulders, taking it to the promised land. Jericho's about to wrap up his promo. SCU comes down the ring. Scorpio Skies drops a promo, and he talks about how he celebrated his victory over Jericho. He went partying, got in touch with his high school crush. They're going out next week. Nice. It was pretty great. Um, says, you know, I've always been a huge fan of yours, Chris. I didn't want to embarrass you by by beating you. Mm-hmm. And that really, ooh, that stuck it to Chris. Oh, yeah. And Chris says, I wasn't embarrassed. Says, by the way, I, feel, I was like, what was the, the Scorpio Sky's high school crush name? Like Melanie oh, I something. Yeah. He says, by the way, your high school crush has been putting on a few pounds, if you haven't noticed. <laughs> yeah, I like that Jericho is in tune with who his high school crush is. Yeah, I know. Um, and then Jericho <laughs> and Scorpio Sky had a nice retort to that. Jericho says, Sky isn't in his league. Says he's going to have a one-on-one match with uh, Scorpio Sky where he's going to wipe the floor with them. It's going to happen next week. And SCU's like, no, 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 no. We, we need don't want months. That we need weeks, months. We need a training to... camp. Yeah. It's like, no, we don't want that to happen. Yeah. And then uh, uh, and then Kaz gets in there and he's like, hey, make sure it's not for the idle Tay. You know how Eric is great, whatever he was doing, the Pig Latin thing. So you know how he is about title matches. And uh, Scorpio Sky's like, yeah, I'm not ready. And Chris Jericho said, what, do you, what, do you, what did you say? He was like, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. He was like, yeah. I don't deserve a title shot. No. Well, you get one. You yeah. get one. Yeah. It was pretty funny. He's going to be for the title. So Jericho played himself. Yeah. Um, title's on the line. They shake hands. And then Scorpio Sky gets right in Jericho's face and says, you may not think I have a chance, but I've been waiting 15 years for this opportunity. And when I, after this match, you're not going to be a lay champion. You're going to be lay bitch. Lay bitch. So Jericho attacks Scorpio Sky. Brawl breaks out. Pretty much all the inner circle gets into the ring. They have the upper hand. Uh, Santana handcuffs Christopher Daniels to one corner. Ortiz does the same to Kazarian. Uh, Michael Nakazawa and Brandon Cutler run down trying to make a save. Jericho just like punches them yeah, off the apron. Just, you're done. Nothing. Uh, Marco Stunt runs out to the ring. Jericho drops him immediately. Jungle Boy comes out. Mm-hmm. He gets a shot in on Jericho, but Jericho mm-hmm. turns the tables quickly. And the Luchasaurus comes down. Uh, everybody in the inner circle leaves save for Jake Hager. Stare down between the two of them. Hager takes off his watch and then throws it into the crowd, but then decides that, no, I'm not going to do anything, and then he leaves. Yeah. I wonder if he went into the crowd and said, hey. Hey, that's the pricey watch. <laughs> it's not as pricey as the dynamite doesn't ring. But, but still, that's still, that's still like a $100 watch. Can I have it back, please? Yeah. No. No. <laughs> you can't, actually. Uh, we go to commercial, but during commercial break, uh, we see Peter Avalon walking down the ring, and he drops a promo during the commercial break, so who knows what he said. Mm-hmm. And he kind of finished it up uh, uh, live. Uh, first match with Luchasaurus. No shocker here. Luchasaurus wins. Takes two moves. Kick to the head, and then the face buster. Yeah. 
Yeah, that kick was gnarly too. Yeah, it was good. Uh, after that, we had uh, LAX versus Private Party. I guess we should probably start calling them Proud and Powerful, whatever Why? names are. Because we're getting to the point where nobody's going to know them as LAX anymore. I think we're a long way out from there. You think so? Yeah, man. They were LAX for how many years? Yeah. People seem to move on pretty quick, though. They're proud and powerful. I hate that name. It's not a good name. I'm, I'm fine calling them Santana Ortiz, but proud and powerful is such a terrible name. I swerved you. I'm going to keep on calling him uh, LAX. Yeah, I wasn't going to change either. All right. You just said you were going to change. I never said that. You just said you're going to call him Santana Ortiz. No, Those said, words just came no, out of your I mouth. Said, if if we're going to call him, if we're not going to call him XLAX, we're not going to call him Proud and Powerful because it's a terrible name. We'll call him Santana Ortiz, but I'm not going to change. Can you believe Private Party picked up this win? I was pretty surprised. That was rad. I mean, it took a little bit of a distraction there from Nick Jackson. Yeah. Um, but it was a fun match. Yeah, there was a little botch in there. Uh, but otherwise, uh, yeah, it was a fun match. It was yeah, a fun match. It was um, cool. Let's go from Quinn getting the hot tag to Cassidy. All right. Well, that's preceded this, but like Mark Quinn was in that for a while. Yeah. He was getting isolated for a long time and how they actually got the hot tag was interesting. It wasn't a situation where, uh, he just kind of like this got out of the way or hit the kick or something. He like did a roll through like he's doing a roll up and the momentum of him doing the roll through a la kind of like a roll propelled him towards his corner. Mm-hmm, That's a yeah. pretty neat little thing. Yeah. Um, well, that spot where LAX was was doing the stalling suplex with Quinn mm-hmm. and passed him back and forth a couple times. That was pretty cool. That was cool. I like seeing that. Um, so eventually, yeah, he, uh, Quinn gets hot tagged to Cassidy. Uh, he clears the ring. Um, Cassidy hits that sunset flip in Ortiz. Santana is supposed to pull the ref out of the ring. Doesn't happen, so the ref has to s- stop the count. Well, in in storyline, they did it. Yeah, <laughs> because then Excalibur said, "Oh, I think he pulled him out of the ring." Or he said, "I think he grabbed his ankle and distracted <clears throat> him." Yeah. Or something is what he yeah. said. Even though replays, no, no he said he literally said he said, "I think he pulled him out of the ring." No, yeah. And then later on, they said something. Oh, they said, "Oh, maybe Ortiz wasn't the legal man." Mm. Yeah, which he was. Uh, anyways, uh, Santana gets the sock. Mm-hmm. Uh, while Ortiz is arguing with the ref. That's when Nick Jackson comes down. Um, he takes the sock. Uh, Cassidy hits a kick on Ortiz, then Santana, and then Private Party hit gin and juice for the win. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Sammy Guevara t- comes down. He t- he's taking the boots to Nick, d- vlogging the whole thing. Dustin Rhodes comes out, lays out everybody to a tremendous pop. Yeah. He's he, got his cast on. He's hitting everybody with the cast. Well, he was really putting over on Dark during his – when he mm-hmm. was on Dark, he was really putting over Private Party. So, mm-hmm. you know, they do the stuff that – they if, if they're gonna do something, they reference it in advance so that it actually makes logical sense. It's a novel concept in wrestling, story beats that make logical sense. Yes. It's great. Uh next, this is a pretty funny uh Kenny promo. So we start with a close up of him. He's bench pressing. Um he starts the he's talking to uh, Nakazawa. Nakazawa. Yeah. Camera pulls out. He's got two uh, 10-pound plates on the rest, 65 pounds he's mm-hmm. benching. Yeah. And so he's talking about how uh, he hasn't been himself. As he put it, he's lost his marbles. And he blames all that and has lost the puck at All Out. Mm-hmm. And he says, well, at Chicago next week, I get my rematch. Yeah. It's time to hit the reset button. Yep. Um, and time for Kenny to get back on track, essentially. Mm-hmm. And then he tells Nakazawa <laughs> to double it. Yeah. And he's just says, on one side. Just on one side. So they come out. And I was thinking to myself, this is cute. Like, is it a little too cute? Like, he's, it's not, it is not a very intimidating promo 
<laughs> like it's just a comedy bit. I know. Like he he starts like tip over and then the camera goes out. It's funny. It's funny. Yeah, it is funny. But it's also I mean I don't know. Kenny can do that though. He can be silly and then when he gets in the ring, it's like oh my god. He's... Well, he preceded his promo saying I'm not really a promo guy. Yeah. So I know that's yeah. kind of like poking fun at the whole idea. That of the whole could thing. that could be that know. could be. Yeah. Kenny seems like he's having fun, but I kind of wonder if he's having fun at the expense of. His own legitimacy. I mean, that's one thing that I think there has been some amount of. There's been tons of criticism. I think some of it is legitimate in how Kenny kind of maybe should be treated like a bigger star than he is. He's a dude that they can just flip the switch. They can flip the switch on him so easily. Yeah, but would they have been better off flipping that switch I when I mean, they started? On the macro level, I think they're taking the right approach with not just relying on making the, the elite guys the, 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 the focal point of all the, all the main stories. Mm -hmm. They're trying to develop and build new stars yeah. right out of the gate. Yeah. And it might, it might not be the smartest short-term strategy, but you know the, their hope, I'm guessing, is AEW won't be around for five years or yeah. won't be around for just five years. It'll be around for 20, 25, 30, 50 years. Mm -hmm. So... What do we say early on that the primary one of their primary concerns had to be develop new stars? Yeah, get to and they've else. they've invested in that right out of the gate. Yeah, and I think long term that's a wise move. They're having Kenny kind of in some respects spin his wheels, taking some losses, but the losses he's taken hasn't been to chumps. Mm -hmm. You know, he lost to Pox, Pock, he lost lost to Mox. Yeah, um, it's not. Yeah, he's not taking a loss to Peter Avalon. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah. So I he's taken he's taken losses to to huge names. And huge names that are important. To, I mean, Moxley, you don't really have to develop. Everybody knows who John Moxley is. Um, same with Pac, probably. But, you know, the way with, like, Young Bucks taking the loss to Private Party mm -hmm. in that tournament first round. Just yesterday, XLEX taking a loss to Private Party. Yeah. Um, they've been – listen to the pops that Luchasaurus gets when he comes out. Yeah. Jungle Boy. Uh, Darby Allen. They're doing something right developing these new stars. And, yeah, it, it comes at the expense of – uh, maybe the 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 integrity, if you will, of the characters of the elite guys, but I don't think they're concerning themselves with that. Mm -hmm. They're concerning themselves, make sure their the full breadth of their roster is getting the best opportunities yeah. they can put in front of them. Yeah. And I think for the most part, they're doing a good job yeah. because when they need to turn to Kenny to carry the company, yeah, he can do it. Yeah. I think it's it's a situation where it takes it just takes one good storyline and one awesome match, and people will forget about all that other stuff because mm -hmm. Kenny's that good. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, then the main event was Darby Allen versus John Moxley. And uh, this was like, yeah, this was interesting. So he came out. He was uh, basically crowd surfing in a body bag. Yeah. He had some guys bring him out in a body bag that had mock spray paint on it. Uh, they put him down in the body bag. They leave. Uh, he opens up. He like flips over, opens up the body bag, uh, emerges with uh, the skateboard. Of course, skateboard. He comes rolling down on that. Uh, and uh, and Mox then we comes get, in through the crowd. Yeah, and it was honestly like the first big chunk of this match was just Mox. Like I really appreciate I appreciate that they're uh, adhering to the physics of this because Mox is big. You know, he's a former WWE guy. Like yeah, Billy Gunn. they said he was two hundred about two hundred forty pounds. He's a big dude, and uh, Darby Allen's tiny. Yeah, and uh, he was just getting you know he would try to mount some offense, but you know as soon as Mox would punch him. Uh, or demonstrate any power, like Darby Allen would go flying. Yeah, yeah. And so uh, he was doing everything he could. 
First half of this match, though, was like Mox basically dominating. Like Darby would try to do stuff, and Mox would just come back and completely. Well, flat. Darby right away is like as soon as Mox hopped over the barricade to get in the ringside area, Darby comes flying in with a suicide dive and takes him out before yeah. the Bellamy rings, and they're brawling up through the crowd. Yeah. Uh, Mox, like, or Darby probably rightly assumes, well, I can't wait for him to get in the ring and try to establish an advantage. I got to take the advantage. Right out of the gate. Yeah, and his suicide dive, like I said, it's probably because he does like a flip. Yeah. And he just launches his body into it with all the force in the it's world. Great. Like it is, like you said, reckless abandon. Reckless abandon. So they're brawling the crowd a lot. Uh, we get back in the ring. Darby tries to make a bit of a comeback with some kicks. He goes up top for a cross body and literally bounces off John Moxley. Yeah. Mox yeah. doesn't. It's, move. A, it's that kind of stuff. Yeah. Like Mox is just sort of this, you know. It's it was basically just Mox being able to yeah. dominate early on as yeah. Darby tried to chip away from yeah. him. Yeah, uh, Darby eventually tried to found like an opening. We started uh, working on Mox's hand, slams it to the ring steps. Uh, later on, they're on the top rope, uh, and then he sticks his uh, Moxley's finger in the turnbuckle bolt. Yeah, this was really cool. This was a really good moment because like Mox was selling it. Like I was thinking to myself, number one, it was awesome. They had the camera right up on it. And so you could see his hand in there and it's like, God, there's not a lot of wiggle room right there. No, and then when when Darby stomps on it, you're like, ah. Yeah, and so when he brought it up, he was like really he yeah. was set he was doing a really good yeah. job selling it. Yeah. Uh not enough to keep Mox down though. He drops Darby with an X Plex, sends him from the ring with a knee. Tosses him back in, and he grabs the body bag. Um, and as Mox is turning around to get back toward the ring, we see another suicide dive from Darby Allen. This time, the somersault variety, mm-hmm. where he flies out headfirst in midair, uh, flips 180 degrees. Yeah, that's the one I was thinking of. That's just, man, that's Like so uh, Ricochet did on NXT, too. Yeah. And like we've seen uh, Phoenix do countless times. Yeah, but given that Darby Allen is so is like much smaller than even yeah. those guys, yeah. it's, oh, it's such a sight. Yeah, it is. So back in the ring, Darby has the body bag. Mox takes him down with the lariat. Puts Darby in the body bag and starts stomping on him. The rest like, hey, stop. You can't do that. Yeah, that's not and right. And Mox is like, all right, fine. No, I'm going to stomp some more. He does. Uh, and then the ref eventually opens the the bag. Mox reaches down to kind of pull Darby out. And Darby bites Mox's hand, hits a stunner. Uh, Mox more or less no-sells it. Falls with Uranagi. Um, Mox goes for a paradigm shift. Darby reverses it into a roll-up. Deep roll-up, too. Mm-hmm. Gets a two. Uh, Darby hits a sunset uh, flip bomb. Gets a two. Uh, Darby up top for a coffin drop, uh, uh, goes for it. Mox catches him on the mat into a sleeper. Darby gets out of enough to roll over on him to get a two count. And they're both on the top rope. Uh, this time, Mox is the one biting Darby. Mm-hmm. It's like on the head. Right? Yeah. yeah. And then lifts him up for a paradigm shift off the top rope. Yeah, it was pretty great. That is, I, I just about got leapt out of my couch when I saw yeah. that. Because yeah. you see him and you're like, all right, time's winding down. I Oh, they're not going to do that, are they? Yeah. And then he did it. Yeah. And then they replayed it a bunch. Yeah, it was pretty terrific. It was pretty insane. Mm. It was good stuff. It was a really fun match. Again, Darby Allen's one of those guys. Is it, 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 Based on his size, his story, he is like the consummate underdog. Sure. So he can take loss after loss after loss to a degree. Mm depending on the competitor. Like yeah. he could take a loss like this to Mox where the his and yeah. where the story or the, like the one to Jericho where the story is you can beat the heck out of this guy but he's not going to stay down. You essentially have to incapacitate him totally. In the case of Jericho, tied up his hands. The way the crowd reacts to to Darby Allen, I'd be shocked if he ate a loss to anybody but main eventers at this point. Oh, I'm yeah. talking about like cuz he already had a match against Jericho. Yeah, right? I lost yeah. that one. But that was a really good match too. Jericho, Pack, uh, Omega, probably Omega, 
anybody else, like if Darby Allen gets into a thing with Sean Spears, Darby's going over. Mm-hmm. If he gets into a thing with anybody else, yep. uh, you know, even him and like, I mean, I think that like a him versus MJF thing would be fun. Mm-hmm. MJF would need to use like a Wardlow, you mm-hmm. know, in order to beat him. Because um, MJF's pretty high up the totem pole right now. But uh, but yeah, no, I would be shocked. I think that he's going to pick up. He's going to, you know, be a guy who boosts his record pretty heavily with yeah. the uh, the mid card there. Yeah. I mean, if 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 they introduce a mid card title, I can't. You know, Darby Allen's the guy. You yeah, know? I know. he's the guy or Scorpio Sky. I know. Yep. Anyways, let's take some questions. Let's take some questions. Let me take uh, a look. Joshua at Martinez here. here. Super chat says, "I like that MJF was just ruining Billy Gunn's fun." I know. Yeah, I know that was good stuff. Because it got the crowd reaction that MJF wanted. It's all heel heat. All heel heat. Heel heat. Like you look uh, at the results, and pretty much MJF uh, eliminated or had a hand elimination. Pretty much all the faces that. Uh, the fans are really cheering for. Butts asks if the Dark Order expands, who do you want to join them? Who do you want the next pe- the next person? I really like the uh, the the Jurassic Express story with them. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe like a Marco Stunt or something. Peter Avalon. They turn into like a, cu- a ladder match for a custody battle on Marco Stunt. Peter Avalon. <laughs> he can be the librarian of yeah. their library. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, I wonder what kind of books are in their library. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Jimmy Thomas, who do you think is going to be the first AEW champion who's not in the elite or a former WWE talent? Well, Chris Jericho has built. He satisfies both those. Former WWE talent. Who's not in the elite? Chris Jericho. He already has or built. Or a former WWE cha- talent. Yes, I understand. I'm saying the current champion fulfills both those criteria already. It's a former WWE talent who's not in the elite. I think he means like not a former WWE talent. Oh, okay. Yeah, he was not in the elite or gotcha. former. Yeah. So you take away Pack, take away Mox, take away Hangman. You say Darby Allen. Uh, yeah, you're going down. That's a pretty big list right there. Because even Hager. Um, uh, BMJF. Yeah, potentially. Because I see MJF before Darby Allen. Probably. Yeah, it's probably MJF. MJF or Darby. Yeah. Let's see here. Uh, Cameron Scott. Uh, hey, friends, I'm currently at AEW right now. I was wanting to know if you guys think Scorpio Sky is a legit contender. Uh, no, not right now. He could be right now. Oh, hell yeah, if man. If they presented him in that manner. Mm-hmm. He's got the charisma. He's got everything. Um, however, they haven't really... They, they have presented him as... A tag team guy. I mean, they they presented him kind of in the same way as like there's SCU and there's the New Day and Kofi mm-hmm. was a standout guy mm-hmm. and, and Scorpio is a standout guy. So they've sort of presented him that way. And yeah, Kofi was WWE champion. But in the back of your mind, you're always thinking, well, they're going to take this off him at some point. Yeah. Um. So I don't know. I, I you know. I think he could be. I just don't think he's presented that way. I mean, they're 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 giving him a title shot literally next week. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's not like they're going to have a month or two to build this title opportunity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen to me, I sound like a WWE guy. This title shot where they can really build in your head, this guy could actually pull this off. They could do that if they had two months. They have a week. I know. So, no, I don't. If the if it weren't a title match, they could have done a similar thing with the tag match where have Scorpio Sky get another roll-up win. But since it's a title match. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Wolfpack for Life went to AEW, made some notes. Arena holds about 6,800 people. Five sections were tarped off. 
arena probably only about 50% filled. Uh, and the most booze, most heat, Sean Spears, when he was announced for AEW Dark Commentary, mm. MJF and Jericho, not surprising. Most cheers, Cody, came out after the showing off the air. Yeah. Uh, Billy Gunn, Orange Cassidy, and Joey Janela. He says, no reaction. Santana and Ortiz and Britt Baker for most of the crowd. Said uh, in the arena there was no audio for Jericho's backstage segment until he talked to Marco Stunt. And then after the show, Nick FaceTimed Matt, and he interrupted Matt and his wife making love. I like <laughs> the term making love. That's good. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Thomas Dunnigan. Does Kenny get his confidence back next week, or does his own crisis storyline continue? So he has a match against Pac next week. Mm-hmm. Um, Pac is coming off a pretty dominant win over Hangman Page where he stomped his head into the ground and put him in the in the submission move and yeah. made him go unconscious. Uh, I don't know. I honestly don't know. Every time I think Kenny's going to sort of dig his way out of it, he doesn't. I know. So I don't know. I don't know I don't either. Know. Uh, Kenny, they, need to, they need to give Kenny some, some wins, though. Yeah. Uh, Kalen McGinnis. Uh, hey, friend, I was a new patron here, but I've listened to the podcast since 2016 and re-listened to every single episode multiple times. It was during a rough period. In the last few years of high school video games and going in raw are pretty much my only escape. My question is, if you could get a WWE superstar to record a video where they say one of the running jokes you've created, uh, which would it be? Oh, man. So there's three. There's Corbin's You're Not Me. It's, it's got to be Corbin. It's got to be Corbin You're Not Me. It's got to be that. Yeah, I know. The Undertaker, I'll put you down like a dog, is a close second. Uh and that's kind of what about Alistair doing some ice cream man stuff? That's that's up there. That's like top five for sure. That might be number three. That might be number three. Yeah. Yeah, it's got to be your hey, you're not me. Yeah, but it's definitely hey, you're not me for sure. Uh, let's see here. Just AJ Billy Gunn is a beast. I know he works more backstage as a producer, or coach, or whatever, but he looks amazing. Thoughts on him maybe getting one last run? Uh, I think that it'll be if you know they can give him a good couple week thing with uh, Wardlow. Yeah, I think, and of, I think that'd be good. I think spot duty here and there is probably the best sure. role for him. Sure. Oh, DJ Guttercat says Brett. <laughs> oh, doing math, huh? Going in raw, solid six out of ten podcast. Larson, six out of ten. Steve, three out of ten. What? The hell? I feel like I could replace both those guys. I could replace. You put me on the show. Make a nine out of ten podcast. Going in, Brett. Netflix, Alistair, or about uh, Alistair Wonka? <laughs> Alistair Wonka, yeah. Uh, let's see here. Adrian. Or Ty Jakovic is putty. How about that? Oh man, that's that's top five. Yeah. That's up there. Hey, what's going on? It's Dominic Dijakovic. Yeah, that's right. You're going in raw. Uh, Adrian C. With Hikaru Shida going over Britt Baker tonight, it's painfully obvious that Kenny is pushing the Japanese women above all. Is he intentionally putting the rest of the roster down and into alternate storylines just to give his Joshi favorites a shine? Surely seems that way. I, I mean, that's... Look, the short answer is yes, but that's a cynical take on it. My take on it is he's spotlighting talent that needs to be spotlighted so that it doesn't feel like there's one person dominating the division. I think it's a smart move. Yeah. I don't think that we need Britt Baker just fast track to the title. I don't think that makes any sense. People are learning who Riho is. Uh, they're learning who Sheeta is. 
Um, and I think that's a really smart move. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't think there's anything nefarious going on with that. I mean, dude, we just got that great Emmy Sakura match versus Riho, and it was terrific. It was terrific. It's really terrific stuff. And now yep. I know more about her. Yeah. And I want a division where I know the people before you start like moving the pieces exactly. around too much. Exactly. So I'm fine with that. Yeah, totally. Uh, I don't think it's a, it definitely. I don't think it's a situation where Kenny is is advocating for, uh, you know, the woman he's. Strictly a fan of at the expense of anybody else. I think they're trying to like they are in the men's. Di- I men's mean, division. he is, but I don't think it's a nefarious thing. Exactly, yeah. something. I don't think he's trying to bury anybody. Exactly, else. It's the same thing. Uh, Comparable what they're doing in the men's division, tag division, where they're trying to develop, yeah, new stars. Yeah, like Britt and Awesome Kong are the two most probably well-known names sure. in the women's division. Yeah. in AEW. Yeah, um, and so it makes all the sense in the world to invest time and energy in building up everybody else. So it, it, the depth of the division. Is fantastic. Like at do this that. point, I'd rather see Britt taking on Awesome Kong. Mm-hmm. You know, have mm-hmm. Awesome Kong come out and try Feud to outside take the some title scene. Yeah, and she's like, "Nope." James Fletcher, social media frustrating because it uh, ruins kayfabe. Like Samoa Joe being a great guy and adopting all these animals, so you can't take him serious as a heel or just spoilers. No, I'd still take Samoa Joe serious as a heel because he's that good. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I mean, I don't. Yeah. I don't. I, it, I, the performances of wrestlers, like compared to the performances of actors, like when within they're in when they're in the world that's being built for, in terms of a movie or in a wrestling arena, you just have to suspend disbelief and enjoy the quality of the performance. Yeah, yeah, I, I I agree totally. I think that I mean I'm trying to think of some situations that I would find exceptions to. I mean there are some things like no I don't know I think that you know if if you're a strong enough performer. That's all that kind of matters. I'm trying to think of situations where, what was the one where there was like uh, a tour and then somebody put some pictures out there and two of the, was it Braun and Roman? Yeah. They were feuding big time. And they were at they were in Rome and posting pictures of the Coliseum or something like that. People were like, oh, why are they doing that? They're ruining kayfabe. Well, here's the thing about that. Sometimes there are some feuds that are elevated so much and they're, ele- they're, they're, I'm sorry, that are so, the feuds are so good because that was a really good run it that was, they had. It was a good feud, yeah. And when you're deep into it, like, okay, I'll give you an example. Right now, MJF and Cody yeah. are at, you know, MJF just turned on Cody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, and it's bad. If tomorrow there's a picture of them palling around, yeah, because here's the thing about them. AEW has done such a good job of promoting their product on social media, using social media largely in character, that that would be a bit, that would be a little bit like, oh, you know, I, I don't want to see that right now. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, could I get over it? Sure. I, I get suspension of disbelief. I understand that. But I think it is enhanced when these performers carry that into, carry that world onto social media. I think it is enhanced. Um, and so, like, does it detract from the product? When they don't know, does it enhance a product when they do carry it in social media? Absolutely, yes, I think it does. Uh, let's see here. Uh, James Uvalle, or Uval. Will MJF win the ring and use it like Steven Regal's brass knuckles? Maybe Wardlow hands it to him during matches? Could be. Probably, definitely, I would say yes. Yes. Absolutely. Uh, let's see here. Is there one more? I thought I saw something. No, that wasn't it. Okay, cool. I think, uh, I think we're good. 
I don't know if they're still watching, but our friend uh, Nate was yep. watching with his class. Yep. So shout out to Nate's class. Yes. Hope you enjoyed the show. Hope you enjoyed the show. I hope some of them are actual fans of wrestling because this is probably a flipping night. They're like, when are these idiots like, going to oh stop talking? Gosh. This is an immense bore. Is class over Listening yet? Listening to these two jokers talk wrestling. Clowns. Yeah. Clown status. Yeah. So what you're, what you're telling me, Nate, is that when I'm in my 40s, I can sit there and be a useless member of society talking about wrestling and get paid for it? Oh, my gosh. You put it that way. Live the dream, people. Live it could be dream. an inspiration for their My students. wife always says, I'm like, yeah, Larson's going on vacation next Wednesday, so I'm just going to be at home. Lacey's like, must be nice. I'm like, kind of is. <laughs> Anyways, thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We appreciate it. Uh, Till next time, we'll talk to you later. Goodbye.